The earth is all but done. The last remnants of humanity cling to a mountaintop island lost in endless flood water. The Parliament of Green, the Red, and the Rot all agree it's time to wipe this lake clean and start the cycle of life over again. And to do so, they've united their powers to summon an avatar, one of the most horrific monsters to ever stalk the surface of this forsaken planet. Against a creature like that, there can be no fighting back unless you have a soldier who understands the enemy, someone who has used its tactics before, someone like Alec Holland. Shame, he's been dead for decades. From Swamp Thing Green Hell, number one, Black Label, by Jeff Lemire. And you're listening to Heroes Home Base Podcast, episode 53. Hello, this is Rob. This is Mark. What's up? This is Rich. What's up? This is Rich. What's up? Howdy doody. Mark, you seem flustered. What's going on? Um, because my computer, I, I like, I don't know why it's not doing what I want it to, but I'm okay. Thank you. It's, uh, I know it's 11 degrees. I know that. Man, mm. it is cold as. Uh, my former work partner, she moved up to Canada like Lit. a month and a half ago. It was like negative 20. <laughs> I was like, shit. Nope. Mm-hmm. That's where you step like, it's cold. That's where you step outside and your nostrils freeze into a solid block of ice. That's when you need a mask on so your face survives. <laughs> frostbite and it minutes. almost it almost makes it worse though because then like all the heat is trapped in your mask and then it just freezes that's why you i'm need speaking a from experience of you know being on a route truck for all those years in the shitty element that's why you need a beard i'm working on it i'm working on the wintertime beard right now you know what i watched tonight was 10 cloverfield lane what the hell's that who is in that? That sounds really familiar. john goodman oh is that like the bomb shelter one yeah 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 how was it it was didn't end like I thought it would. It was really? good. It was good. It's totally like plot twist. Wasn't it a ta- wasn't it supposed to be like a prequel or a sequel to something? I don't know. JJ Abrams produced it. It's a bad robot production, so it was good. I, I recommend that. it. I did not I did not I've never watched it, but I do remember it. You're off tomorrow, so I think you should watch it. I thought of you, Mark. Uh I was surfing HBO's catalog yesterday and uh the Michael Keaton Batmans are on their way out. Oh why? I have no idea. <laughs> I was just like, Oh, Mark won't be able to watch Batman Returns for much longer. They're gonna cycle more DC stuff in and move some stuff out, I take it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Supergirl will be on there. I don't know. Because sometimes I have those movies on just for noise. If I'm cooking or something, I just have them on for noise. So sad. Supergirl would definitely be a good on for noise. Boo. Um, I put on on Aquaman the other day for noise. That's a good movie, though. It is good, but it's long. It's long. It's like Star Wars in the ocean. I love it. Um, I I put on Jack Snyder's Justice League and just listen to the singing scenes. (laughs) (laughs) Skip. Uh, Speaking of movies, I know we talked about uh, on our last episode, yeah, welcome into episode fifty-three, everybody. <laughs> um, I did watch Matrix. I, uh, I did want to go back to that, so let, let me hear what you have to say, and then I have some things I so I, I, say. I, I complete after we did our show. I completely maybe it was a couple days later. I completely rewatched it from the beginning, and uh, I still think it was a little too much breaking the fourth wall type of type of thing. All in all, I like some of the new characters, like I like the bugs. Captain Bugs is what I, I'll call her. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I kind of liked um, the dynamic 
between Mr. Smith and Neo in this one. Um, I, I, I clearly don't like the recasting, but I do like who uh, was playing Agent Smith. The, um, I can't remember his name, but he was from uh, Mindhunters. Yeah. And uh, I thought he did a good job. He was convincing. Uh, still not really like I like Yaya as Morpheus, but I just like they were just trying too hard to like, I don't know, make light of the originals. I thought like, again, it was like breaking the fourth wall. Like he's trying to be stoic and funny, like trying to talk like Lawrence Fishburne and all that, but whatever. Those are like a little nitpicky things all in all. Like I thought it was okay. Like I wasn't just blown away. You know, you watch a matrix movie, you're expecting to like see some form of revolutionary filmmaking but i don't think everything i don't think it'll ever be like the first time we saw the first one just i i was talking to sean the other day sean patterson he's been on the show i felt like the first matrix movie was like when you saw terminator 2 for the first time Mm. like there was just stuff that had never been done before in movie history i mean cue the helicopter scene right there never done or just him dodging bullets like that's iconic as hell so i don't know all in all like the story was it was fine. It was a little slow. I liked the ending. I, I kind of liked the the spin of spoiler alert that like Trinity saves saves both of them in the end. But all in all, like I, I give it. I don't know. It was a good. It was a uh, from a movie standpoint. It was a very well made movie. It was good. The acting was good. No question. I just. Honestly, I I don't want to I don't want to say I'll give it an A. I'll probably give it a B. But the bottom line is like it was very good, but it just wasn't I it just was not necessary. Like I feel mm. like the whole movie was just not necessary. I thought it was kind of pointless. No. I I just I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was it was a good movie. That's how I'll say it. I'll give it a B plus, but all in all it just wasn't necessary. I just think it was. I've. I hated the third one. I just yeah. thought it, I. I wasn't really. Too, I wasn't fond of the second one either. I just really liked some of the like motorcycle freeway scenes yeah, with like the cool. albino twins and stuff. Like some of that it was stuff. Like a, it was like a Cadillac advertisement. That's all that was. <laughs> yeah, but you know, but it just got so much. I think I said this on the last episode. It was like you were watching a video game at that point. It was like you just knew it was just not real and it was just over the top. Yeah. So I thought the new one was better than the third one, but yeah, I agree. Again, I think in terms of storytelling, you wait that long to relaunch something like that. I just thought the writing would be better. I did like some of the new characters. The one thing I will say that I didn't get to mention last time because I was giving it some further thought. I did like the final scene where they go back to Neil Patrick Harris's character, you know, and hack his jaw off and, you know, give him give him some shit. I do like what he said at the end, which I think encapsulates all of the movies really well. And it was kind of like, if humanity has to choose to be controlled, that's what they prefer. Oh, there were some good, there were some good uh, lines in that movie for sure. Like, I just think that if humanity gets to pick whether they want freedom or control, they will most likely pick control. Cause I mean, if you think about it, like we're plugged into the matrix every day. Yeah. (laughs) We're, like we're willingly participating. Everybody's just a giant. We're all sheeple. I thought there was some really good lines in it for sure. But That's I think good. what it did was it acknowledged the amount of data harvesting that is done on human beings since the first one came out. Like, come on. Yeah. So, I mean, I did like that kind of jab, which I think is just a knock on modern humanity. 
that we claim we're free, but we imprison ourselves. So I did, I did like the little philosophical. I thought, you know, Patrick Harris was great in it. I thought he was good. I just didn't, I didn't like it for professional reasons. Well, I understand that. I didn't like that. I, again, like I said, I hope no legit schizophrenic person sees this movie. Yeah. Because it'll be like, ugh, that would not be good. So, yeah, I mean, but. In other news, I last weekend, uh, Becky and I purchased on HBO the uh, Ghostbusters, and yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Did you see it, Mark? No, I didn't. Rich told me it was good. I think they did. Egon. Did you do you agree well. with my assessment that it was nostalgia porn? Um, yeah. I I was actually quite impressed with the main character. How it it definitely looked like a relative Egon's. Yeah. I was like, man, this girl looks like <laughs> a pretty darn good spitting image of him. But I, I liked how they didn't have him talk as a ghost. And yeah. I thought it was cool how they, they wrapped up all, all four of them together in the end. But it was like an honorary cameo. Like it wasn't cheap. Yeah. Um, I did like how they threw Sigourney Weaver in there. It was like, Grest appearing Sigourney Weaver. And I'm sure everybody was like, when? And then it cuts to that scene where she's shocking the hell out of him, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. That was so good. was she in it as like her she old character? She was in it. It was like, an, it was like a uh, post credits. It was a post credits. During scene. credits. Scene. During credits. Yeah. Like they were running through the cast and it says special guest starring Sigourney Weaver. And I'm like, where the hell was Sigourney at? And then it literally cuts to her scene. She's what doing was the, her scene? She's doing the cards on Bill Murray. Bill Murray's tied to the shock machine. Yeah. They open the first movie in and uh, she ends up shocking him. And so it was, it was pretty good. And he's like, yeah, well, truth be told, I only shocked the guys. And then she shocked him even more. But I did like how obviously they set it up for another one. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I really enjoyed it. The Ghostbusters and Matrix, kind of the same thing for me. Let me explain it. It just felt, and don't get me wrong, like I enjoyed Ghostbusters, but I walked out of the movie theater going, that was literally like a remake of the first one. Like yeah. the majority of the things at the, the peak of the, of the story was just a repeat of the original Ghostbusters movie. I'm like, really? We're doing this? And it was the same thing with the Matrix movie. We're redoing everything that happened in the first movie just from a different perspective. I'm just like, why are we doing this? Like, I don't know. I did have a problem with that. Like, I thought maybe, you know, I don't know. Like, you're going to seriously bring back Gozer as like, I, I, I just thought they could have done something else with it. But it was cool to see all, like you said, the ghost of Egon and to have the original cast was worth it to me. So The only thing I, that, that I think was missing, like, and let's just be honest, I, he's not acting anymore, but Rick Moranis, it would have been cool to have just a quick little cameo of him in there. Yeah. I think, I, I do think he left acting when his, I think his wife died. So he's been like, yeah, she had cancer raising his kids. And I wonder what know. he did for money. I guess maybe he probably lived a modest life, so he probably wasn't, you know. He probably banked big money from the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids franchise and all that shit in the 80s. <laughs> and again, probably lived a very modest life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. I, I'm glad I bought it. Like, it was one of those, like, buy or, like, you know, like you were going to the movie theater, so I can just dial it up on Amazon anytime I want. But it was it was good. I, I uh, saw a Scream on Friday. Did you? I was, did, I was confused. Did they make a new one? Yes. No. Yeah, they did. They did. Okay. It's so a I saw a preview. I'm like, wait, are they what? What? So what? is this Scream Five or Scream yep. Four? Five. Scream Five. Okay. Was it good? I thought it was good. I like the story. Give um, it, it wasn't. Give us, a, give us a rundown. I don't think I'm gonna see it, but it spoiler. wasn't as gory. But I, it, it's still there was still gore and 
little bit of shocking here and there, but it was, I, I like the story of it. Okay. So it tied into the other ones really well. Yeah, I thought so. I who's liked it. it. Who's, who's left? Everybody. Uh, uh, Courtney Cox, Nev Campbell, um, David Arquette, um, the sh- deputy who is now sheriff from the last one that came out in 2004, or 2011. Sales. That was the last one. Yeah, wasn't that the one with what's her name's like niece, Julia Roberts' niece? Or yeah, Emma Roberts. She played yeah. Nev Campbell's, uh, Sydney Prescott's cousin. Cousin, right. Yep. But didn't they do like a show with her, like the Scream Queens or some shit? Yeah, that was completely different. I love that show. That show was really good. Was it? Yeah, it was really good. Was um, really but good? I liked it. I thought it was a good uh, scream. I, I liked the story. Can I give you a spoiler, spoiler alert? Can I tell you what yeah, happens? Do it. Do so it. Dewey dies in this one. Damn. He died in the last one. So no, he <laughs> thought he died in the first one, man. No, Dewey died in this one. It was sad. Um, he died bravely. Um, in this the opening one, scene? please tell me it was the opening scene. No, it wasn't. Anybody famous die in the opening scene? No. Did uh, was uh, Dewey and uh, Gail together? Separated. Oh, separated. like in they were life. separated. Yeah, they were separated. She was in New York. And he, because in the last one they were married and she was living in Wisboro and it was great for him, but she was very much New York trying to live in this small town and she was going crazy. And so she went to New York to anchor the morning news and he stayed in Woodsboro. And this one, and the very first one, it was Sidney Prescott's boyfriend, Billy Loomis. Yeah, right. Well, in this one, Billy Loomis had a daughter in high school. Hmm. What? It, it, was, it, was, it was two sisters and the mother... And their father left them because the older sister found out that the guy who was, who she thought was her father was not her father. It was, in fact, her mother slept with Billy Loomis in high school. And the mother told the husband that this is your daughter, but it wasn't his daughter. It was Billy Loomis's daughter. Damn. And so she's been having these nightmares. And these, she's on antipsychotics because she has visions of Billy Loomis now. And... It was the daughter's boyfriend because they you know because you know they base those movies off of stab. They, they it's in the in the yeah. screen movies they base that story off. They created the own thing called Stab. Well, Stab Eight had come out and it, the, all the fans of that movie didn't like it, and so these two fanatics. The two fans were like, you know, we're making this movie for the fans. And it, they talked about it's kind of like geek culture and fandom and what fandom means kind of thing right. in, in our world, you know. And so the boyfriend be, became boyfriends with Billy Loomis's daughter and found this girl who was friends with the younger sister. And they were the killers. Sydney hmm. Prescott I- comes back. Dewey still lives in Woodsboro. Gail comes back. Gail gets shot, but she lives. Sydney gets stabbed, but she lives. Um, Dewey dies. So it's just Gail and How does Dewey Sydney. die? Um, he gets stabbed. So, you know what would have been really cool? If they would have just, like, brought Matthew Lillard back or some shit. <laughs> and it takes place back in the old house. They lured them back to the original house that it happened in. No shit. I was just thinking about all the people that were in that. I remember Omar Epps got killed in the beginning of the second one with Patricia or Will Smith's wife. Jada Pinkett. Jada Pinkett. Jada Pinkett. She got killed in the theater. Obviously, the number one is Drew Barrymore. Oh, God. Um, the second one was, um, oh, I can see his face, Unju- or Justified. Um, Timothy Oliphant. Timothy Oliphant. What's her name from uh, Roseanne? Jackie. And Jackie, oh. Billy Loomis's mother. Yep. It was one. Uh, and then the third one, it's Sidney Prescott's half brother. Right. Who was uh 
Foley, right? Scott Foley. Yeah. Yeah. And then the fourth one, it was her cousin because it was all like, you know, like fan culture. And yeah. that was that, you know, and then this one is like fandom, you know, how we're all like fans and all oh, the fans didn't like this one, that kind of thing. <laughs> Trash. Well, who, uh, oh, who directed it? Because didn't Wes Craving do all the other ones? And I know he yeah. passed away. So Matt, somebody called Matt and somebody. It's the two. It's two guys. Two guys directed it, and they kind of stayed true to what Wes created, and that's and that's why the big three came back because they were like, well, you know, they want to stay true to what Wes created, and that's why they got us back, and we like their idea, and da, 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 and so they came back. Nice. I liked it. Good. I just don't understand why these people don't know karate. I would have been, I would have been like a judo triple black belt by then. You know what I mean? Woodsboro, <laughs> you're gonna get hunted by by spooky mask guy. You better learn some karate. Ghost face. Ghost face. Whatever. Spooky Ghost face. face. Ghost face. I would have been like a triple double degree black belt. I did appreciate where kind of scream went with like pulling in the stab, like making a kind of a mockery of itself. You know? Yeah. Kind of like how they ended up doing that with Wes Craven's New Nightmare, which I thought was yeah. one of Wes Craven's best yeah. horror movies of all time, where they actually put the cast of the Nightmare on Elm Street as themselves in the movie. Yep. I like I like that the I love those stories where like the actual storytelling is so intricate. And that's really why like I was a huge fan of the Saul franchise. I could have done without as much gore as there was in those movies, but the fact that the last movie would tie back to the first movie that would tie back to the third movie, like the storytelling was awesome and amazing. Yeah. The, and I, I, the I first one, nothing beats them. the first one. Oh yeah, dude. I remember going to see that. I just got my first tattoo and my arm hurt the whole time we were in the theater. And I remember just my jaw hitting the floor. I'm like, oh my God, the dude was in the room the whole time. <laughs> Could have been worse. Could have been the doc that hacked his foot off. Right. I, I, I don't know. Like, I think those movies are the story, the, 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 just how they're intertwined, man. It's like leaving Easter eggs after Easter egg after Easter egg that they come back to it's almost like you you have to almost watch those in a marathon format Otherwise, i've done that just, before it i was, have too it was worth it yeah um this it's scary though yeah but it um yeah. i think it, it's kind of like a Shyamalan deal like it loses its luster after the first couple like you kind of know to expect the unexpected there's like 10 saws though yeah, yeah. there's a lot <laughs> but uh did i did we did i talk about john wick on the last episode I don't think so. I finally got caught up on the John Wick movies. I, I've been on like an action movie like kick over the last like three or four weeks because work has just been a lot. And I kind of just need to veg out on stupid action movies that are just predictable. So I watched like Angels Fall in last night, which was I feel like Gerard Butler is the Arnold Schwarzenegger of the 80s and 90s right now. So... I think I'm I'm slowly moving back into some like uh, secret agent stuff. Like I was thinking about watching the Born the Born franchise again. Yeah, yeah. Or go back and watch the Mission Impossible movies. Those were good. Uh, although I will say, man, Mission Impossible Two does not hold up like it used to. I used oh, to think that was amazing. Oh my god! Oh my god! Tom's hair was f***ing horrible in that. Jesus. Well, just the whole like motorcycle crap, and I thought the story was good, but I cannot wait. Speaking of Tom, crazy Tom Cruise, cannot wait for Maverick, man. I've been waiting for that movie. Like it's yeah, supposed, it to, come supposed out, to come out like two years ago. It's supposed to come out May. It's supposed to come out like July of twenty twenty. No, it's supposed to come out in May when it when the preview first dropped. Then it got pushed for COVID to a summer blockbuster release. 
Then it got pushed to the fall because I, I I was getting ready to put coal in the car and we were going to go see it because it was supposed to come out in like October, I thought. And then I'm like, well, what is this? And then now it's back to May. So this movie is like two years late. And I'm just dude. I remember they the preview dropped when we were in Holden Beach in 19. Yeah. So that I'm was saying. when the first preview dropped. So the movie's been made for probably over three years now. So I wonder what they're going to do with Val Kilmer, though. I know. You can't even talk, man. He looks, I mean, people age. I'm starting to realize that. Like, I look at people now, and it's just like, I'm not always going to be 37. You know, it's like people age. People get older. People age, you know? So I just wonder what that look that that's like, you know? like It's funny you should mention that, because I was watching that Angels Fall movie last night, and the actress that plays his wife, she's the one in Coyote Ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, she was in The Cave and some of those other movies. Like, she's starting, like, she was starting to look older. I'm like, she's like four years older than us. I'm like, oh, my God, she's my age. <laughs> she's looking older. I'm like... Oh, I feel older every day, man. Shit. Man, I feel younger every day. No, oh, man. Can you give me some of that? <laughs> it's all that. It's all that water that Mark drinks. <laughs> water, water. So, so we saw yeah. the new Batgirl photo. Yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah, there's like no other information. We talked about the fact that Michael Keaton's going to be in that movie. Uh, they're kind of going with a. I don't even. I wouldn't even call it the new Fifty Two. I'd almost call it the Rebirth costume. More like the, the purple one, the purple, like not really yellow. It almost looks like a, a leather biker outfit. You know what I mean? It looks a little in the 66 ish. It looks sort very much like 66. Doing a little homage to it. It looks very much like 66. Um, but like I'm a okay modern take, that. you think? Yeah. And I'm okay with that. But I was telling Rich, so long as it's like, give me some Barbara Gordon librarian, Jim Gordon daddy, you know, and they said Jim Gordon is the father. J.K. Simmons, you know, Jim Gordon is the father. Give me some of that and just give me like her becoming Batgirl and all that. Don't give me no new 52 or rebirth shit. I don't want her. I don't want no young little girl running around. You don't want her uh, defending Burnside of Gotham or whatever. Right. I want true to the comics, Barbara Gordon. Batgirl, no fifteen-year-old little girl. Yeah, I agree. I honestly think that they could they could start a Batgirl franchise, and I really hope they don't go the killing joke route and just like paralyze her at the end of it. Firefly is uh, the villain. Yeah, Brandon Fraser, man, that's gonna be good. Yeah, <laughs> Speaking of Mister Fraser, <laughs> the kid. Back together. We had uh, we had movie night uh, last week, and we watched the first two Mummy movies. The kids so really good. liked it. So good. Hmm. the the CGI is kind of shitty. If you really go back, it was like ninety seven. Well, like the first one was okay. Like it was, it was I could, it was more believable. But they went a little bit more on the Mummy Returns, man. It just looks like second one. I'm telling you, the CGI. Go back and watch it, man. It's like standing in front of a video game, especially the end where like the whole city gets collapsed in or whatever. And yeah, it was it was okay. All I remember is the third one with Jet and, was Dude, terrible. but come on, man. Like the Scorpion King, and it was all CG. It was really bad at the end of that. I was like, oh, no. That was well, like the Rock's, it was, the Rock's first movie ever. Well, I don't know what's worse. Him as the Scorpion King in the end of Mummy 2 or Doom. Oof, Doom sucked. I need soldiers. I'm like, you need a script. <laughs> This movie's terrible. Like, what the hell? That movie could be made, or that game could be made into a decent movie if they would just, you know, spend the money on it. I mean, Doom uh, 3 for Xbox was I think one they of probably, my favorite games of all time. I think they probably end up uh, Resident Evil-ing it up and making it crap. Yeah, and just keep it, just keeping it alive. Yeah. All right, so I don't know. I, I like the Batgirl 
costume. I'm not quite sure who's the actress playing her. Leslie Grace. Leslie Grace. Leslie Grace. What's, what's her uh, IMDb? What's she? What else has she been in? Well, let's pull her up, shall we? It's filmed in Scotland. Yeah. There's no release date yet. I know that. 27, born in the Bronx. I'm Leslie Grace from the Bronx. She recorded and released an independent Christian music album in partnership with CD Baby. Nice. Praise God. Uh, let's see here. So she's a musician, not necessarily an actress. Let's see. She is in... Nothing. <laughs> yeah. Music videos. In the Heights, 2021. Yeah, she's not in much at all. All right. A relatively unknown playing Barbara Gordon. All right. I'll take it. I no like extra, it. No extra baggage. You know, I'll give her a shot. I know uh, show quitter Kim will be very critical if it's not comic book accurate like Mark. I did. Uh, I did start watching. Um, so I was pissed because I, I keep, I'm sorry I keep talking about Swamp Thing, but like, I don't know, man. I'm just like on a kick right now. And I talked, uh, about, I talked about owls a lot. But like, I mean, I showed you that graphic novel when you're here like the artwork is just so fucking out there and so different um but i was like you know what i'm gonna go watch the swamp thing show again well it's no longer on dc it's no longer on hbo max did it ever and make it over it, it did so i was like well fuck it let me get it on blu-ray so i'm looking and everywhere around me is sold out like sold out of the Blu-ray and I'm looking on Amazon and it's like 30 bucks. And I'm like, well, and then I look and target at Easton says it's in stock and it's not available to order online for store pickup, but it's in stock in the store. So I drive over there. They just remodeled the store. You know how many DVDs they have now? Like 10, half of an aisle and an end cap. That's it. And I'm like, yeah, it's not here. So I go across the street to Best Buy, nothing. I'm like, oh, so I ended up buying it on like uh, uh, Amazon or uh, the Fire Stick and just digital copied it. And Kim's Kim starts watching it with me, and she's like, "Are they going to do this again?" So I know it got I know it got uh, sent to CW, and they did it on the CW, and the ratings were were good again. But I just don't think they're going to do a second season. It's such a good show. You watched that, didn't you, Mark? Yeah, I thought it was very good. I didn't very watch good. it. It was fucking awesome. So yeah, we're about. I think we're halfway through it i'll be honest with you guys like i give dvds like two years max oh yeah it's we're definitely going to like streaming only which sucks because i think like blu-ray in terms of like content like you know if you want to get like a, a director's cut or something like just having that extra stuff that you know you get bored and you want to watch i i, I I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if you could like if it if it eventually turns into like special order something from the from like the uh, the studio. Well, do you remember when VHSs would come out like what two years after the movie was released? And, and well, like, it was always like six months. And well, then like DVDs dude, you it. originally back in the day, you couldn't even buy those. Like they were just for video rentals and stuff. And like to get a VHS, well, that's why Blockbuster was so profitable. Yeah, it was like hundreds of they dollars got market just, share just market to get a copy of it. You blockbuster Mark wearing his blockbuster hoodie. I don't know. Like, uh, I just, I think the show was awesome and it sucks that they're not going to do it again. And I don't think they're going to do a second season ever. So that just like Warner brothers, man, they just fucking suck, dude. Like they just suck. I'm just saying they, they piss poor with their money management. They built a custom swamp for this show and didn't factor in the fact that they were going to have to house it somewhere. Like, like what a dumb you can't find a location or build a swimming pool to film a 
fucking show in and CG the just rest of it. Go down like, to you're Tampa. Just dumb. Okay. Just go down to Tampa. It's fine. You're just dumb as shit. Like, God, man. And then, like, you finally make a really good property, and then you're just like, oh, it's too expensive. Cut. But we're gonna keep, you know, stupid shit like Batwoman around on the CW season after season, and nobody likes it. You know what I'm saying? I have never read. They just finished season two. I, I think they're on like season four, and they keep. <laughs> And extending that shit, like no, because sw- Pat Kane sw- was. Well, I remember when it was COVID. That was when she quit the show. I think right? what was on there? It's seriously, I have not read one person like one review of somebody that likes the show. They're always like, "God, this acting is horrible. The story is horrible." I only like, watched the pilot. We- like, can we please just stop sinking money into this shit? Like, but then we're gonna cut something that's really good. I'm like warner brothers man just listen to the fans jesus listen to the fans nobody wants this shit you're putting out and then the stuff that is really good that you put out you just oh it's too much money there was something else um that i sent you guys uh it was in your opinion which character has george perez drawn that you feel no other artist seems to get right there was a lot of good uh yeah speaking of George, we brought him up last time. I, you know, like, I know neither one of us picked the new Teen Titans, but I feel like that was like his, I don't want to say it was his breakout, but I mean, he was on that book forever. And a lot of people in that posting said that nobody draws Starfire like George. And I think I kind of agree with that. A lot of people said Beast. Yeah, he does. If I were to ever have him do something for me, my first thought was Beast. Really? He does him just right, where he's not too animalistic, not too human. He does him just right. I've always loved that's I, I, that. If I ever commissioned him to do something, I always thought that he would do Beast. George would do Beast. John Byrne would do U.S. Agent for me, and Jason Fabok would do Batgirl for me. So, and this just I obviously I'm not a, a Marvel guy too much, but I always really admired his Captain America. Oh yeah, his his Avengers in general, like just Scarlet in general, Ridge nobody and- can do the Avengers the way he can. I mean, not even Burn. I guess like for me, Perez did he did the teams together so well. Yeah, I like, agree with that. Just the way he drew the characters together mm-hmm. was just ugh. His total composition. Of it's almost layout. like he drew them better when he drew them as the team. I don't know. It's yeah. kind of weird. Something a little extra. I don't know. Little, little there's uh, there's very few uh, artists that I think, because, um, I mean, we all know Superman's my guy, but I feel like George's Batman was just, it was so simple, but it was, it was almost like him and Jim Aparo. Like, those are like mm. some of my, those are like my two favorite Batman artists. Even like I still have to have Jim Lee in there, but like Jason Fabach, you brought him up. He does an awesome Batman also, but just like, I don't know, man, growing up with George and Jim Aparo, those are like, those are my Batman. So to me, his Batman is so iconic. So I think George for me and man, he drew some really good Superman stuff too, but I don't know, man, it's just, just the way his his Batman, the cape flowed like the, the just the simple expressions on on his face with the cow, like it just you know mm. he, he's just the best man, the best. So who would you? Who, what would you say, Rob? What Captain America? Yeah, Captain America's kind of where I'm at. It's just that's the one that sticks out in my mind. I mean, obviously, I mean <sighs> Crisis. Yeah. Um. But... Just his his emotion, the emotions on the characters' faces. It was just, it's uncanny how he captured that. Yeah, I think that that Superman scene holding Supergirl. Yeah. 
it's pretty uh pretty dope even in how like when barry allen died just how that layout was composed and just faded away to a skeleton to just an empty carcass to an empty costume like is i don't know his compositions were awesome it is going to be an absolute tragedy when he passes well he's kind of already passed out of the comic contra contributing you know he's not working anymore yeah didn't he retire like two years ago mark Mark would know um i think so he he stopped doing cons yeah well i know like we read that post last time but i know that he said that uh he can't see out of one of his eyes and that um he anybody who had paid commissions for him to do he was returning the money and you know he just didn't think he could do it and I, I don't know man like that to me just speaks to the fact that he loves his fans so much that even though he can't provide something for somebody that paid for it he's not going to turn in something that's not you know his best his best but does he be. color i don't know that's a good question what else we got you want to talk about the ogre post rob yeah um gib actually messaged me he messaged me too um I'll just read the post. It's from uh, a few days ago. So I said, we're kicking this year off with a showdown. The ogre is home to so many great stories, but it's finally time to vote on your favorites. In the comments of this post, chime in with your favorite comic, storyline, or graphic novel and tell us why you love it. If somebody already posted your choice, like their comment to increase your favorite chances. Excuse me, your favorites chances. At the end of the month, We'll gather the titles with the most likes for a March Madness style bracket for you guys to vote on each week. You can like as many comments as you want, but try not to repost a comic someone else already suggested. We'll pick several commenters at random to receive prizes for participating, and the top book choice will be sold at a special discounted price. Good luck to you all, and may the best comic win. So, Mr. Mazik, have you seen this post? No. Well, I originally put the Nightfall, but I had to change my mind because I've read more modern stories past the Dark Age of Batman, and uh, they they were just better. Uh, and I thought the the Night's End ended pretty anticlimactically, so I put. So if you want to like this one, Mark, you can. Batman New 52 Court of Owls. The storytelling was amazing. Very rarely is Batman evenly matched like he was with the Talons. Uh, the Labyrinth panels are amazing. It is great to see Batman outwit such a strong enemy, even near death. Why don't you go ahead and uh, read some of the picks? Because there was a lot of really, really good picks. Michael, the guy that I worked with on uh, hosting some of the stuff for the CXC, he picked Watchmen. I think he was like the third person to post. Well, Steve Hammaker. Bone by Jeff Smith. It changed my life as comics readers and inspired me to become a comic reader. Yeah, I think I like that one. <laughs> kind of have to. Yeah, I like that one too. Uh, All-Star Superman. Jenkins and Lee's Inhumans. Uh, Miracle Man. Spidey is my favorite character. And as much as I enjoy the original Stan Lee run, I've always been fond of uh, Gary Conway's 70s run. Going old school here and showing my age. Avengers Volume 1, 89 to 97. One of my favorite single issues stories is from the man, the man who has everything from Superman Annual 11 by Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons. Mm. It's a simple story, but the execution is just outstanding. That even became an episode on Justice League Unlimited. Did it? I typically read the issue at least once a year. An adaptation of the story was also featured in an episode of Justice League Unlimited. (laughs) 
Uh, let's see. V for Vendetta, the Alan Moore masterpiece inspired my 12 year old mind. Met David Lloyd a couple years ago in Detroit. And while I gush like a 12 year old fanboy, he drew in crayon the shot attached frame in a piece of honor. Yeah, did like a crayon cool. of V. Guess I'll go with my second choice and submit Kingdom Come. Alex Ross has beautifully and equivocated artwork and plausible view of the DC's future was far more compelling than any other later attempts. I'm looking at you, Injustice. <laughs> vastly different <laughs> uh superman 423 in action comics 583 the story is whoever whatever happened to the man of tomorrow alan moore kurt swan george perez it was a brilliant ending to two comics which i unfairly hated and a master tribute to kurt who went up so far in my estimation that i went back and read earlier works Batman The Dark Knight Returns. Frank Miller, heck of a Batman story. Revolutionary at the time. Frightening at its relevance now. Yes. Uh, Claremont's Dark Phoenix Saga. Mm. Somebody put Countdown to Infinite Crisis. Boo. Boo. A lot of of DC stuff. So many, but I have to go with Bones. I've always been a newspaper comic guy, but just because it's based in a place in Ohio, Jeff Smith is Jeff Smith's great adventure. Sean Conley did not read. (laughs) The Rules. Starman, Spider-Man Blue, Wolverine Limited Series by Claremont and Miller. Wolverine Origins should be on here somewhere. I did not see it. Peter David's X-Factor run. Days of Future Past, Uncanny X-Men, 141 to 42. That's a good one. Claremont and this guy named Byrne. I don't know who that is. Uh, Recent favorite of mine is Alan Moore's run on Swamp Thing. And then Rich added to that one. Dude, you picked mine. I love this run. Masterpiece. That's not what the guy said. What did what did his full comment say? A recent favorite of mine is Alan Moore's run on Swamp Thing, which explored what it meant to be human through a it's a huge it's a big saga about a character who plays an epic role in the universe, but the story shines best when showing tender moments and growth in the human and the people he affects. I was literally scrolling down, getting ready to post that when I saw it. I was like, damn it. (laughs) That would have been my pick. Preacher, Sandman, uh, Batman, Son of Demon, Kent State. Mark, what one would you put on there? I know... I know you're a big fan of Court of Owls, but what uh, I know there's got to be another story in your Marvel repertoire. Crisis on Infinite Earths, quite simply the greatest, most epic superhero story ever. I won't disagree with that. Probably Avengers West Coast Division Quest, where the Vision is captured and dismantled. There you go. Mm. That's a good one. I think that was in your top 10, wasn't it, when we did that? I think so. Got the Age of Apocalypse, The Flash, The Return of Barry Allen, Mark Wade and Greg, Batman versus Predator. <laughs> I mean, clearly the Predator would win. I am not seeing Hush on here. I'm not either. I, I didn't hear you mention Wait, it. So he said you could put more than one entry in there? Yeah, just don't try to duplicate it. Uh, my pick is Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons Watchman 86. Is that Michael? Yeah. Damn it, Michael. I'm not, I'm not That's seeing my pick. It. Yeah, so I put mine up two days ago, and it's got three likes. I don't know if it's going to make it. All right, we're going to do this. Uh, Batman Hush, the best dark age of Batman stories. Love where it starts, how he brings Jason Todd back. Mark, you should log on there and put that down. These, these artwork raised the Batman. We've got Batman Hush, one of the best dark age of Batman stories. Love where it starts and how it brings Jason Todd back. These artwork raised the Batman universe to a whole new level. Anything else you'd like me to say? That sounds good. All right. I'm going to turn it to Rich's poll for episode 53. 
Um, my intro book was Swamp Thing Green Hell that came out uh, the last week of December. Book one was awesome. Excellent. Artwork was great. Jeff Lemire. I, I, I mean, I've, I've heard his name so many times. I've just never really been able to read one of his his books. So it was so far so good. I think it's going to be a three-parter. So I'll wait and see how that goes. Detective Comics. It, it appears it's coming out bi-monthly now. Um, so Fear State is over. I uh, got 1046, 1047, and 1048 here. 1047 starts the story arc Shadows of the Bat. And uh, the covers are really cool. It's almost like photorealism. And, um, but 1046 was good. It kind of just wrapped up what was going on. And so far, 47 and 48, they're really good. So Arkham Asylum is destroyed and they're recreating a new Arkham Tower in uh, Gotham City and trying to focus on mental health and a very, uh, uh, I'm sure this will remind you fellas, a uh, female doctor by the name of Dr. Chase Meridian is now leading the team for the mayor of Gotham and this new tower. Nicole Kidman. Yeah. So that was that was kind of cool. Um, I got uh, Chip Zdarsky's uh, Devil Rain 2 of 6 came out. That's good. Um, Action Comics 1038. Superman is still on War World. And um, so far, not really enjoying this, but I'll keep it alive. Uh, Batman 119 came out. Uh, I have not had a chance to read it, but I know I spoke about 118 on the last show and... Uh, the classic batman costume and uh, i'm anxious to see where the story goes um i also got a book thrown in the poll from gib uh, justice league versus the legion of superheroes uh by brian michael bendis i'll see um i'll give it a shot and see what's up with it i will uh, reserve my thoughts until i read it i have not read it um batgirls number two i like i said on the last one wasn't really expecting to read it. It was okay, and I will read it and let you guys know. And Daredevil, number one, Mr. Sadarsky. I don't know how long he's going to stay on it, but the cover is Elektra in the Daredevil costume, and it says Daredevil, woman without fear. So we'll wait and see what this new run of Daredevil has to offer. That is Rich's pull for this week. So far, the best books I've read, uh, the detective run. The Shadow of the Bat story arc. So far, I'm really enjoying that. I didn't think I would, but um, we'll see how it goes. And obviously, Swamp Thing, Green Hell, excellent so far. And uh, we'll see where it where it goes with a couple more issues. And then uh, I have continued my collecting and purchasing of Saga of Swamp Thing. And I've gotten a few more issues since the books that Kim got me for Christmas. So Nice. I'm just filling in some gaps, man. So that's Rich's pull for episode 53 thanks for tuning in all right mark what you got for mark's long box buddy um it's adventures volume three number 14 where the beast guest stars because him and wonder man those are that that's like one of the best marvel friendships that you can have you know i think there's like human torch and Iceman, i think are two good friends and then there's like the beast and wonder man are really really good friends and this episode this issue the beast he uh, guest stars, and they end up fighting this pagan bad guy, and in middle of, in the middle of Times Square. But they, you get a chance to see them have an intimate conversation. And before the beast leaves, he really gives his buddy a pep talk 
before mm-hmm. he leaves to go back to the X Mansion. And so it's just, it's one of my favorite issues that, so that's the last issue I read. I read it today. Kurt Busick and George Kurt Perez. Kurt Busick and George Perez. That's so that's another reason why I, you know, I think he draws the beast the best. Man, I was telling, uh, I was talking to Mark this week. And uh, I stumbled across a Chris Claremont documentary on, uh, I'm pretty sure it was just on Amazon or whatever. And it was, I don't know, maybe an hour and 20 minutes. And it was excellent. It just totally outlined. uh, uh, Louise Simonson was like his editor. And she, when Chris left the X books, she went to DC and started working on Superman. And I just remember her being a pivotal part of of the death of Superman run. And uh, it was a really good documentary about his... 17 years on the title and just you know once that x-men when jim lee got on the book it was he kind of just had enough and they really like the thing that i liked the most about it was how they just they and i know mark you could probably uh fill in the gaps here for me but chris had a way of dropping story arcs like hidden in issues and would just go back like years later and pick them back up again. So it's like he always had the next story hidden somewhere and just had a really good uh, like if he was having a having a tough time figuring out what to write his uh his editor would be like, "Well, you dropped this like a couple years ago. Why don't you pick that up?" and he would just start perfect. So it's almost like he laid an under he laid layers upon layers in his stories and uh, just left it open to pick them back up. And I thought that was pretty cool. Mm. Do you agree with that? I do. Nobody has story arcs the way he did. Yeah. You still going to commission him to do your eulogy? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Uh, I do actually have an update. Uh, Dr. Doug has invited me to another um, meeting of his uh, forensic psychiatry. um, Nice. Residency group. So that'll be uh, this upcoming Friday. Uh, He wants me to talk a little bit more about the uh, Riddler story. That first assessment that i did okay um any of the i think there were about six or seven residents that showed up to the last one so it's fascinating conversation we talked a lot more about uh, the killing joke the last time we met uh so i do want to do some some occasional assessments of batman because i think he's a compelling case of does he actually have ptsd does he not have ptsd it's no doubt that he experienced probably one of the most horrific traumatic events you could having his parents murdered right in front of him and then having to just sit there while your dead parents are right in front of you but i i don't think he actually has ptsd so you're reneging on your uh not doing batman villains what's that (laughs) yeah i i think i'm reneging just because you know i'm a batman universe fanatic so this is rob's new uh segment called uh batman villain assessment Yeah, pretty much. So I've gotten some requests to do Two Face since obviously uh, I know when we talked to Jenkins, you know, his Jacqueline Hyde book kind of implies that he's not kind of, you know, multiple personality, but rather PTSD. So I was going to take a look at kind of the first uh, Two Face story and see what we'd come up with. And then obviously, kind of like what I mentioned before, I can revisit other story arcs. Uh, of those characters to see if you know anything changes i'll be sure to uh let you know how the uh meeting goes this week at the uh with the residents nice well before we wrap mark why don't you talk about uh your afterbirth con (laughs) well it didn't it did it was supposed to be this weekend but they got pushed back to march 12th and 13th due to the omicron variant okay which one uh the new york city winter con Winter and Greg home. Cox will not be in attendance this year. He won't be there, but I'll still go. Okay. Damn it. 
I was about to say, man, we were getting ready to record, and I'm like, oh, Mark's going to have another con highlight. Canceled. Well, yeah, because I, I was checking, and it's not going to be until March 12th through in the 13th. So I'll still go. Maybe I'll find something. Yeah. But um, I'll just go just to kind of check it out and get out for the day. But Mark, have you visited any comic book stores lately? Or you have any plans here in the future? No, I'm just taking a break from buying anything right now because I just want to save up for my trips. Gotcha. To the cons that I'll be going to. All right. Fair enough. So are you going to come home for Batman and then turn around and then go to con? <laughs> I don't know because prices are, plane tickets are out of control. The prices really? for flights are really, yeah. really out of control. Well, I was looking because I got to bake in some insurance into those prices. I mean, they're, they're out of control. I mean, for to go to Phoenix, is $500. And that's in May, because I was going to go to the Phoenix Fan Fusion. So it's like Phoenix's Comic-Con, and it's $500. I made 20... May 26th through the 28th that I was going to go, it's $507. That's, that's ridiculous. Round, trip. round, round trip. trip. I've only ever paid, like... 238 how much was it to come home at christmas maybe 267 okay so i don't know what it's like to come if i don't know if i can come home in march because it's so close and it's just they're very 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 expensive all right well we'll play it by ear hopefully none of your uh future travel endeavors get canceled so we can have some cool uh reviews on those events um we do have i know we've been saying this for the last three episodes we do have two guests lined up and uh they're scheduled and we should be well we'll be recording soon and we'll have those up probably the next couple episodes so we look forward to that fellas always a pleasure chit-chatting with you about everything that we talk about um really good time hope everybody stays safe i I feel like everybody's getting this variant yep and uh we probably got six inches of snow on the ground right now oh do you we didn't get any snow yeah, it's not. I don't know if it's six inches yet, but it's at least an inch. Yeah, it's it's going on thick. So, um, be safe. Always a good episode, fellas. Until next time, this is Rich. Please, for the love of God, don't forget to bag your board. <laughs> this is Rob. Take care. Thanks for listening. This is Mark. And if you like this episode, please be sure to follow us on Facebook. Be sure to email us at heroeshomebase at gmail.com. And send us an email. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you, as always, for listening and supporting this RMR production. There he is. He's in spirit. What are you talking about? I was I was sitting here waiting, and the, my screen was black. I, <laughs> I, I just saw you pop in just now. <laughs> it was, like I said, nostalgic. Jesus. Excuse me. I, did I not weekend. say mute the phones? For God's sake. When did you say that? Marker, 22 minutes and 17 seconds. Um, Marker, 22 minutes and 24 seconds. Oh, there's Mark's. Uh, 22 minutes and 30 seconds. No, but the thing...
Um, this. What are you doing? Like it. They're just picking up every single piece of paper. You <laughs> I'm, uh, <laughs> I am forgetting what's in the uh, detective. He's over here, like reading a well, book. Well, you're you're picking it up because your microphone is super caliber. No, I was just looking at the 80s. Are you hearing 80s. that, Mark? I know I'm not the only mm -hmm. one hearing that. <laughs> this is Mark. <laughs> don't, forget to put your so again. don't forget to put your socks on. This is Rob. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget to put your tights on first and then your underwear. This is Mark, and if you like this episode, please be sure to click like. What else? 